Welcome to the Simply DV podcast for Wednesday, March the 28th, 2007. Hello and welcome to another Simply DV podcast. My name's Colin from Simply DV, and in this edition I thought I'd talk about the new Panasonic SD1 high definition camera that's hitting the stores about now. Now, of course, if you've been watching the website over the last couple of months, you'll have seen that we've actually been posting a lot of info about this revolutionary new model, which records high definition video, not to tape or even discs, but to a thumbnail sized SD card, just like those you might use in your digital stills camera or PDA. The SD1 is spearheading something of a revolution in the digital video world because uh, together with its DVD recording partner, the DX1, it's using a new concept in high def compression called AVCHD. Now this is something I've talked about in recent podcasts and I've mentioned that the format has been pioneered by Panasonic's owner, the Matsushita company in Japan and the Sony Corporation, together with other companies whose products play a part in the video processing workflow, as they like to describe it. Now, unlike conventional DVD video, which relies on MPEG-2 compression to get a lot of material into the small space provided on the surface of a DVD disc, AVCHD uses a compression system called MPEG-4 to cram even more data into the same space in order to provide for widescreen high-definition pictures and sounds. It's quite a job, and there are risks in terms of loss of data due to the very high compression involved. But as more and more of us move over to HD, either because we're shooting HD video with camcorders or because we're employing HD TV screens on which to display it, um, it's a risk considered worth taking due to the uh, impressive quality offered. Now, with the Panasonic SD-1, we're looking at a palm-sized camcorder that employs three quarter-inch CCDs. These are the chips that resolve the red, the green and the blue channels of the images, respectively. Uh, and this is recorded to SD cards. And in fact, the camcorder comes supplied with a 4 gigabyte high-capacity SD card known as SDHC. Any SD card above 1 gigabyte will be SDHC. It shoots proper widescreen video and has a range of features and functions that will keep all but the most picky of users happy, I'm pretty sure. And I was lucky enough to get my hands on one as long ago as November 2006, when a handful of us technology writers were carted off by Panasonic Europe to Lanzarote in the Spanish Canary Islands, and given lots of these and their partner product, the DX1, to play with. So, what's all the fuss? And are they as good as we've made them out to be? Let's see. Now, for a start, both cameras, the SD1 and the DX1, share virtually all specifications and features, and are in many respects identical, except that the SD1 uses memory cards for storage, and the DX1 uses 8cm DVD discs. Now, in the case of the latter, the body size is somewhat larger and bulkier in order to accommodate the disc drive mechanism itself. That makes for a larger camcorder. The SD-1 is also larger than Panasonic's debut memory card video camera, the SDR-S150, which I reviewed in podcast number one. 
and this is partly explained by the larger 3-inch widescreen LCD screen. Uh, more comprehensive connectivity, it requires additional terminals because it's got more outputs, and a physically larger lens. It's also a high-definition camcorder, which the S150 isn't. At 490 grams, it's quite heavy, although for me this is actually a plus point because the general body mass makes it great to hold and use. I think it also gives it better stability. Its large widescreen LCD offers a decent opportunity for steady shooting when gripping the body well and supporting the screen with the other hand. The LCD screen's pictures are bright and well resolved, even in bright light, thanks to a physical screen brightness switch, and I've never really experienced any problems when viewing the screen during a wide variety of shooting positions or, or even in light conditions, really. It also looks pretty good. The minute I first clapped eyes on the SD1, I knew that I'd like it. Now let's assess some of its features. The SD1 is surprisingly rich in the features and functions department. For a start, it's got a comprehensive range of manual controls which are designed to enable users to get the most out of the available recording quality. Now, Although perhaps the most important of these, the manual control of aperture, white balance, audio recording level and focus, are all accessed quickly thanks to a dedicated and clearly labelled button inside the actual LCD screen recess. The majority of other settings are accessed and selected using the menu button. This is a tiny button hidden away under the main the main power control dial at the rear of the camera. Um, and the now standard Panasonic Mini Joystick Navigator and Selector control is provided as well. This is at the rear to the right of the main power dial. Now, I'm not sure about the Mini Joystick though, it's a bit too fiddly for my liking, but whatever. Uh, to see what I'm talking about here, have a look at the, the text-based review on the SimpliDV website and there's lots of pictures there. Now I like the new menu and navigation system. It's well designed and it's intuitive in as much as it's much more easy to find your way around and to make the selections you want to make without getting lost in layer upon layer of stuff you're not likely to use anyhow. You navigate your way around by moving the joystick up and down, left or right, and then pressing when you want to make a choice. In addition to a good 12 times optical zoom lens, the SD1 offers color bars, and that's very rare on a consumer model. It has zebra exposure pattern indicator, telling you when you're over the peak white limit, such as if you've got a bright sky, and guidelines in a range of settings. These are basically composition aids using horizontal and vertical grid lines, which appear in the LCD screen. They're not recorded on the on the actual clips, but they give you a good aid to, for instance, getting your horizon level or verticals vertical and so on. Now, Panasonic's Optical Image Stabilization, or OIS, has always been better than many of the competitors' products, uh, and that's the case with this one. The optical image stabilization is very good, and I proved that when I was flying in a helicopter trying to zoom in on objects that were on the ground. The results were really steady, and I was really impressed. And the digital ratios, the digital zoom ratios offered on this camera include a 30 time digital zoom, which is just about acceptable, and 700 times digital zoom, which is by most people's reckoning, pretty much outside the bounds of acceptability. Why do companies persist with including this useless feature? You don't need high-ratio digital zooms because all you end up with is images with lots of square boxes in them. The battery slots into an internal compartment within the lower rear of the body, unlike that of the DX1, the DVD camcorder, which sticks out rather awkwardly beneath the viewfinder. And In fact, your chin bumps on it when you're looking into the viewfinder. 
Note that on the SD1 there's no viewfinder, by the way, although I haven't found that to be a disadvantage, really, due to the way that I handle the camera. I'd rather have no viewfinder than a useless, tiny, pixelated viewfinder, as is so often found on many camcorders. And I've got to say that the viewfinder on the DX1, the companion model, isn't much to write home about. Batteries are charged off-camera using the combined AC adapter and charger unit. This is handy because it allows for more than one battery to be used. With one, you can have one charging as you're using the other on the camera, which seems quite sensible to me. OK, what about connectivity? Well, like its companion product, the DX1, the SD1 has a pretty comprehensive range of digital and analogue connections, though all of the video connections are output only. First off is the presence of an HDMI connector for high-definition digital connection to a suitable TV display. This is positioned behind a plastic door at the front right side of the body. Also situated here is a USB 2 socket for transfer of 1920x1080 resolution JPEG stills from the SD or the SDHC card. Uh, and then there's another set of connectors for AV analog, that's composite video and stereo audio plus headphones when using a special adapter cable, a component digital connector with blue, green and red plugs on the end for which a breakout cable is provided, and surprisingly an external microphone input socket. And that did surprise us when we saw the review samples initially over in Lanzarote. And so to the important stuff, how does it perform? Well, what's surprising about the picture quality of the recorded movie clips is just how good they are. When recorded using manual exposure and with care taken in relation to both white balance and focus settings in as wide a range of situations as possible, the images look wonderful, even when playing via HDMI onto a large Panasonic Viera LCD TV screen. However, I did notice an element of jitter on playback of handheld sequences in which there was lots of motion close to the camera, especially apparent on the lower compression settings, perhaps as you'd expect, and in one or two cases at the highest quality setting as well. Now there's a choice of four AV-CHD compression settings on these models, meaning that you can control the trade-off between storage capacity on the card and the actual quality of the recordings. Obviously you'll get a lot less storage with a higher setting. For the techie-minded, the SD1 will facilitate compression at up to 16 megabits per second using variable bitrate mode. Audio is captured using Dolby Digital AC3 5-channel surround sound, and this is achieved thanks to a 5-element microphone system that's positioned on the top of the camera body and looking skywards, with each of the tiny microphone elements picking up sound from a different direction. This is quite clever. But how effective this is in practice is a bit more difficult to determine. And how many people will be playing their video footage back on a full 5.1 digital surround cinema system anyhow? Now, thanks to the camera's excellent image stabilisation, as I've already said, clips recorded in very unstable situations like in the back of a helicopter skimming volcanoes or on the backs of camels on Lanzarote uh, were rendered surprisingly stable and usable. By controlling exposure manually, and that's after switching the auto manual function switch to manual, and then controlling exposure using the mini joystick at the rear of the cam, a pretty high degree of control over exposure was easily achieved. I should mention, however, that the SD1, and also the DX1, has a tendency to overcook peak white highlights in an image when shooting in auto mode, and in less than optimum light conditions where reflective sunlight hotspots occur in frame. 
Little bright light spots tend to cook a bit too much, but by manually pulling back the exposure by one or even two stops, this was corrected and images seem to be okay. This is one of those instances where auto exposure really isn't so good, but thanks to the InVision displays in the LCD it's quite easy to perform this kind of adjustment whilst you're actually recording, because the uh, on-screen monitoring using the LCD uh, is pretty comprehensive and you can easily see what you're doing. And that's quite rare on consumer camcorders these days. And I found that once I was in that mode and stayed in that mode I, I quickly got used to making those adjustments on the fly and the resulting quality was actually a lot better than it would have been if I'd have shot it all in auto. But that's a sort of rule of thumb anyway, isn't it? And it's still better to set things up manually where you can, uh, but many low-cost models these days just don't give you this level of control, unfortunately. Anyway, the results were impressive, uh, even when played out of the camera via the analogue composite connections. Uh, audio playback. Well, I've mentioned already that the SD1 and the DX1 camcorders have been given a five-element microphone system designed to capture what Panasonic describes as a faithful surround sound recording. Now at the original launch this was demonstrated to us using a great sounding and a great looking bunch of Cuban musicians who, as they played, moved from in front of the camera to a position behind as a means of demonstrating the capability of the 5.1 surround sound recording system. Now, I have to say that whilst I was unable to test this properly during the short time available for review, it was interesting to note the very acceptable stereo sound quality of this camera, although its ability to zoom in to distant sources is something I'm a little bit more sceptical about. Stereo separation and sound quality is very good when recording in optimum conditions, at least as far as the average home video is concerned. And another advantage of tapeless recording, that is to say recording direct to an SD card with no moving parts, is that you don't get system noise from the camera itself, so the sound's pretty clear. Now as far as AVCHD is concerned, a word of caution. Whilst the AVCHD, which is technically referred to as MPEG-4 AVC stroke H.264 recording system. Now, AVC means advanced video codec, and H.264 is the increasingly and widely accepted um, compression system for high definition, both in terms of the new camcorder formats that we're starting to see, but also in terms of the new high definition DVD recording and playback formats, and for digital television over air as well via satellite or transmission. Um, H.264 is becoming the standard and this camcorder system uses it. Now, the recording system itself uses an extremely effective compression method. It's highly complex and, as I speak, almost impossible to work with accurately, if at all, in a computer-based editing system. There's just no software that can handle it yet. Now, although Panasonic is bundling a piece of software called HD Writer with these models, it's fairly primitive and allows only for the import to a computer and the very simple configuration of clips prior to archiving to DVD in the AVCHD format. Now, in reviewing the SD1, I successfully achieved this by writing out to a DVD RAM disc, but of course, we can't yet play it on a standard DVD player. Now, Word has it that Sony will provide a significant upgrade to its Vegas program sometime very soon, and we've also been told that Adobe is in the process of enabling AVCHD in future major upgrades of Premiere and Premiere Elements. But that might not be until much later in the year. So beware, you can shoot great HD video with these two cameras, but as yet you can't really edit it efficiently or share it with others. And so to my concluding thoughts on the Panasonic HDC-SD1. Well, there's no hiding my 
overall enthusiasm for the SD1 and solid-state camcorders in general. I know that the purists out there will say that there's no substitute for proper tape-based recording as per DV and HDV, but let's be honest, your average consumer who's looking for a good, simple-to-use camera system that shoots high-quality video whilst on holiday or having fun with the family isn't so concerned about the kind of issues that the more serious user is preoccupied with. And even though it's going to be some time before we can get our material into a computer and tidy it up through editing, the fact is that lots and lots of users don't edit their clips anyway. So for them, the options provided to them by cams like the SD-1, stuff like being able to click on individual clips, delete them, create a playlist and so on, make it a better option, perhaps, than a bog-standard tape-based DV camcorder. So in summary, I think the Panasonic SD-1 is really an excellent solid-state 3CCD camcorder that, in my humble opinion at least, sets the benchmark for tapeless, high-definition video camera technology in the consumer market at this moment in time. And what's striking about this model is the ease with which it can be picked up and used by a complete newcomer to video, thanks to the easy mode of shooting. Yet it offers a much better range of manual controls, features and functions than can be found on many consumer camcorder models. Uh, and as the capacity of SD cards edges ever upwards towards the theoretical 32GB limit, we'll see a lot more cameras using this format as tape-based formats decline even further. In the web review on the Simply DV website, I gave the SD1 a score of 5 thumbs, where 5 is the maximum, and it's well deserved. So, nice one, Panasonic. In the next Simply DV podcast, we'll be featuring a question and answer session. So if there's a question that you have relating to digital video or camcorders, then please email it to us at podcast at simplydv.co.uk and we'll do our best to answer your questions. This Simply DV podcast was written by me, Colin Barrett, and produced on an Apple Mac using Pinnacle Podcast Factory and Apple GarageBand 3.